Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas y Caballeros. Welcome back to another edition of Leaving Ring Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas, with my co-host, hosting this show right now, uh, Johnny Zig. Um, hey, I want to welcome everybody. I hope everybody's safe out there uh, in the world. The world is going a little nuts and crazy. Uh, our original uh, scheduled program for 5 p.m. Pacific and 8 p.m. Eastern time, which we had a guest set up, which was going to be the Showtime commentator and ex-154 champion, Raul Marquez. We had to do the cancellation. Amir Khan and, I mean, Amir Khan, too. Where am I at? Uh, 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 Kenny and uh, uh, Amilcar, they had to go and go stock up on, you know, on things and, and, and deal with certain, you know, life situation with the coronavirus virus doing a shutdown in New York. So that's why we're not on doing leaving the ring and having our interviews today. So I did all the cancellations. So I figured, you know what, I've been working on this segment here and I've been wanting to release this segment, which is measuring the fighters. Uh, and today we're going to measure Usyk. Alexander Usyk and Derek Cesar, who are going to be facing each other, uh, believe it's in May, right? It's going to be in May, right, Johnny? I didn't even write that down. There you go. You know, so first off, man, again, everybody be safe. Um, make sure you're do, using hand, uh, uh, you know, uh, you're washing your hands. Make sure you got water. Make sure you have all the necessities if you guys go in quarantine, um, you know, try to avoid uh, being in packed places at the moment. I know a lot of there are certain people that are not taking it serious, but uh, just remember this: um, even if you don't get sick, you can become a carrier of the coronavirus. So it's really important um, to start really looking at things a little bit serious here. You know, in Arizona, I was just told that the David Benavides fight with Alexis on Google has been canceled. It's no longer going to go forward. Um, and Johnny Zig, that who resides in Las Vegas, the casinos are being shut down, right, Johnny? Yeah, in fact, the MGM properties have shut down operations. Um, Circus Circus, a lot of other places are following suit. And, uh, you know, that seems to be the popular con- right now for people just quarantining and, and just, you know, uh, socially distancing themselves, they're saying. And uh, that's where we're at right now, man. It's uh, it's a crazy world. I just want to say to everyone, please remain safe out there. Yeah, really, honestly, try to uh, stay safe. Try to stay indoors. You know, uh, over here in, in Northern California, it's raining where I'm at. So really, it was a lot of activity. Um, but at the same time, you know, like my son went yesterday to, uh, to go get some milk. He got off of work, and I told him, hey, can you stop by the store and, and get some milk? And uh, Jose Mendoza, que paso? How you doing, brother? Uh, from Dallas. I hope you're doing well, man. Um, anyways, then he went in, and he was like, Dad, the, the shelves are just completely empty. You know, and even your, your basic necessities are gone. You know, so we do know that people are taking it seriously, and there still is a panic. Um, 
But at the same time, you know, if you panic, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to, you know, if you're driving, especially here in Northern California where it's raining, be safe, be smart, you know, um, you know, just try to get to your destination, but try to get there safe. Go to the speed. There's no rush. I know there's going to be right now the stores are having a shortage of stuff, but they do restock every other day. I go back and they do have water and they have other things that you're looking for. Um, so again, stay safe. And again, I apologize for not for us canceling the leaving the ring segment that we normally do on Monday night, which is at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern time with our scheduled guest we had, which was going to be Raul Marquez. And I was really interested in speaking to him because I, he actually did the last uh, broadcast on Showtime, which Brandon Lee uh, had his win um, over who we all thought he was going to be. But I wanted to see, I wanted to hear what Raul had to say about the, the no audience uh, did you see the closures behind there? Uh, you know, Johnny, did you see all everything closed up behind everybody? And, and I even tweeted out. It's almost, it almost sound, sounded like you're at a sparring session. Yeah, you could hear the fit in the mat. It, that's exactly the best way to put it. You could hear, you know, the leather touching the seat. And it's pretty wild. I was watching WWE the other night. They did the same thing where they had no audience. And uh, that's crazy. These are crazy times we're living in right now. Yeah. And, and for me, it's just like I keep saying to everyone, we got to wait. We don't know what we're dealing with virus wise. We don't know what the future is going to look like work wise, financially wise. Uh, I'm no expert. I'm not trying to pretend to be. But I just, you know, happy to have a distraction and talk boxing with you today on here. And hopefully this is a welcome distraction right. for the people that are homes. I know a lot of us are home right now. I know a lot of us are just doing nothing and, uh, you know, just, again, socially distancing ourselves. So what we want to do is just hopefully provide a welcome distraction for you guys today. You know, definitely, man. And, uh, no, I don't know the numbers. The numbers normally don't come out, Jose Mendoza, for Brandon Lee. Um, you know, it takes a, a bit for those numbers to come out. So I don't know. I'm, I'm going to think that it's going to be pretty, pretty big because, a lot of fight fans, especially hardcore boxing fans um, on social media were really active in talking about what was happening in front of them when it was being televised. And that's really not, not to say that we don't do that already, but normally we, you see more tweets and interaction when DAZN or ESPN plus fights are on or Fox sports as well. FSI, but with Showtime, um, especially with the new generation type of cards, Johnny, tell me if I'm wrong. There's really not that much activity of people being social at that time when they're being aired out. Only a few of the hardcore, like myself, would talk about if I'm watching in New Generation. But on that Friday night, you know, when it was almost, it almost felt like a gathering to a, to to a, you know, an awake because we we were like saying the last goodbyes for the month for the fights that are going to be televised on on you know on live TV, right? I agree with you. And not to poo-poo on Showbox, but a lot of times it doesn't look much different. There's not many people that attend these things, and it's for the hardcores. And, and I do respect Showbox. Uh, obviously, it was a little bit better than the usual Showbox arm. But I think all of last week was like that in a way, that we were all just prepping to understand that when we go to dinner on Wednesday, we're not going to be able to do this next Wednesday, that we're just trying to get our last licks in because we knew that the inevitable was going to come and pretty much that the world, unfortunately, not to sound morbid, but it's a reality, was going to shut down. Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely in here. If you guys want to call in, you certainly can. 347-215-7598. Hey, don't forget to press the like button and subscribe to the channel and hit that little bell there because that's going to notify you when we're on live on Leaving the Ring or Measuring the Fighters and other shows, shows that we're going to be work, that we're working on to set up to release live or pre-record. It really depends. Um, but it looks like if we're going to go in quarantine, which it seems like every, suit, every state is falling suit, uh, we may be releasing these new shows out a little earlier. Uh, I'm going to go to the phones really quick. Before we get into measuring the fighters here, Usyk and Shizora, uh, we're going to just take some calls real quick. And our first caller, I believe, uh, let's see, area code 510. You're on live right now and leaving the ring. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up, Big Dave? What's up, John Fernando here in Richmond? How you guys doing? Good, brother. How you doing, man? How's it going, brother? Good. Good man, just trying to trying to trying to be safe, man. Uh, wash my hands, all that shit, you know. Uh. <laughs> right. I know. I I've been doing the fist pound with everybody, you know, like, hey, what's up, you know. Um, and and that's not really like me. I like to shake. I got the wave. What? The, yeah, wave the wave. Hey, I hope you're not doing, Johnny. I hope you're not doing the the you know the pageant wave, you know, like. Hey, hey. <laughs> 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 but Fernando, keep us up, man. I'm mean, right, exactly, about to sort of back up off me, man. That's what I've been doing, man. Like the fights on dude, they don't they don't give a fuck, man. They'll just, they'll walk right up on you, man. Like they don't care. You know? But uh Yeah, they, they crazy dude. And my parents, they're in the sixties. They don't care either, man. They're still going to the casino. They don't care, man. It's like crazy to me. They're crazy. You know? But, yeah. Do you you know yeah. what? My my like I called my mom up and I told her, Hey, you know, be careful and she's like, My mom's, you know, my mom's up there, man, in, in, in age already as it is. She's just retired. So she's trying to enjoy. She's like, nothing's going to stop me, mijo. Me voy a la cocina. Me voy, you know, she's like, if I yep. gotta go, ya me voy, ya me voy. I'm leaving. You know, that's, that's her mentality. Yep. And that's, that's her every right. But, you know, I did my part as a good son by, you know, telling her, mom, you know, be safe, please, you know, be, be safe out there, you know. But Fernando, how was it? How was it for you on Friday night, seeing that possibly for the remainder of March, which it looks like because every sport has been shut down um, as of California and now Nevada, um, New York. That that what you watched and witnessed on Friday with the Showtime New Generation card, how was that feeling for you, bro? Uh, I enjoyed it, to be honest. Like, I read it, you know, like, I can get used to it. Like, obviously, it's better with, with the crowd, you know, it makes it better. But it's really not that bad with the studio audience like that, you know, with a few people. You don't really, you kind of lose, you kind of forget about the people in the background anyway if they're enjoying the fight, you know. So, I, I, I really don't mind it. I think it might be the way to go for next few months, if possible. Uh, because it's really kind of a shame that we're going to be missing out a lot of great fights that are coming up in the next couple months, you know, the the Usyk fight, the Canelo fight, uh all these great fights are coming as a Teofimo Lopez against uh, against Lomachenko. I mean, now those fights are all up in the air, and I was really looking forward to those fights. So maybe they can figure something out where they they do that studio thing. I, I know I know Las Vegas, John will know better, but I guess Las Vegas is well, allowed to Usyk, happen right now. The Usyk and Shizora uh-huh. fight is not in jeopardy. The UK, you know, um, are not shutting down their events that I am aware of. Uh, and what I keep seeing, it's still going to move forward. That's why we're doing a show about about th- that fight. Um, you know, we're going to give you the break, the breakdown of both uh, of each other, of both fighters' style, and and you know the pros and their cons, man. So, but no, I'm with you, bro. Um, 
I'm okay if they do the in-studio uh, fights and they televise it that way. Because like I said on Twitter, and I'll say here, um, if you've ever been to a sparring match at a gym or a smoker, um, you know, uh, uh, fight at a gym, it's the similarities of, of, the, of what's going on in the environment, the sounds, it's the same thing. You're just going to hear a lot of the movement on the canvas. Uh, when somebody faints, you're going to hear the bang of the canvas with your feet. Uh, you're going to hear a little bit of the crowd, and you're going to hear mostly the instructions from your corner, um, you know, being shouted out. So I'm actually fine with that because the whole fact is, the whole fact is, is that, is that I'm really there not even to to listen to the commentary. I'm just there to listen to what's happening in front of me, right? It's a it's a mental pickup too for like us as like regular people that you know sports fans, you know. Because I, I don't even like the UFC, really. I don't. I, I used to, but not anymore. I still watch that card from Brazil on Saturday just to have something that was alive and breathing on TV to enjoy, you know. And that's where boxing comes in, too, man. You know, something that you know, makes me feel better, you know. Like, uh, last week has been really depressing, really hard for a lot of people. And sports has always been kind of like our uh, our, our, t- our our getaway from all that stuff, you know. Right. And so, if we, and plus, and another positive thing comes out of it, too, is that these boxers get a paycheck, man. They're like, they're just like us, man. They want to go to work. And they want to feed their families, you know. And like I'm, like right now I'm out here in Fresno this week, right? I'm not in the barrier. I know the barrier's on lockdown. They just announced it. But I'm out here in Fresno. I, I would rather be home, you know, with my family and stuff. But I'm out here trying to make some money because I have to, you know. I don't have a choice, right? And that's how a lot of these boxes are too, man. You know. So if somebody exactly. like Eddie Hearn, yeah, if Eddie Hearn could like get these guys some fights, that's great, man. Because these guys they, they work really hard and they have to feed their families and and they can't afford to, you know, be sitting at home just like the rest of us, man. So, you know, so hopefully it's a win-win for everybody, the fans, and for the fighters as well. Mm. Okay, I apologize if you guys can't hear what Fernando has to say. I don't know why it's not plugged in, um, but I apologize. Fernando, I'm going to let you go, brother. Thanks for calling in, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I was able to hear Nando, and he had some great points, and I think in-studio is the way to go because – Listen, it's going to be different. Things are going to be weird. Everything's going to be different. Everything's going to be weird. We have to prepare for that. But we're going to need distractions. We're human beings. You know, as much as we like to stay home with our families, we're going to need to deviate from just the same thing over and over again. Right. So I'm going to find myself watching whatever's on TV, whatever a live event they want to give us, whether it be bowling or things I'm not even interested in, because what else are we I think Yeah, same here. And I agree with Fernando, the caller. So apologize for everybody that's tuning in on YouTube uh, that didn't hear, get to hear what Fernando had to say, the, uh, our caller um, uh, that calls from here. Uh, he's a regular uh, caller that calls into the ring. But like he said, he's got to go to work. And, you know, these fighters got to go to work. This is their, this is their way of living. So there's got to be something figured out. So he's okay for it to be in the studio. He's okay if there's no audience there. Um, it's perfectly fine because these guys – Excuse me. These guys got to eat as well. So I makes me wonder because, okay, I could see them, you know, they can, they can bear with it for a month going into two months, going into May that now, now there's going to be some real situations here uh, because as unlike any other sport, fighters are paid on, on, well, not like, not like guys that are paid with a big chunk right away. But a lot of these fighters depend on that paycheck that they're going to be given on the particular month they're going to fight. They don't have an annual 
you know, uh, fee, uh, uh, you know, um, fuck, what's the, what's, what am I looking for? What's the word I'm looking for, guys? Help me out here. I'm going blank and shit. Compensation. Compensation, right. Yeah, just like they don't get a regular paycheck. Yeah, they don't get that. You know, there is no weekly. There is no, you know, uh, you know compensation like you just said. So that's going to be really curious of what happens if the coronavirus continues and if they don't get a handle of it, okay? Um, and, and that's to be seen just yet. So I'm wondering what they're going to do next. Right now, like I said, they're all falling suit here in the States, uh, starting to shut down events and not let things happen, even saying, hey, don't go uh, places more than where there's more than 10 people. Um, that's going to affect businesses. This is affect a lot of lives. So, again, stay hands. Um, you know, uh, just be alert, be aware. Don't shake no hands. Do the fist pump. Do the pageant wave like Johnny Zig over there. And uh, <laughs> it should, you should be fine. Okay, let's get into measuring the fighters. Usyk versus Chizor. Uh, what's happening in about two more months in May. And uh, so hopefully the coronavirus doesn't screw us up there uh, and allows this fight to happen. The UK still keep going forward and fight. You know, before we start breaking down these fighters here, uh, uh, Johnny, let's let's mention a little bit about the top heavyweights that are there right now. Now, I asked everybody on Twitter or social media, give me your top, what, six, I mean, like seven. That's what it was, seven, seven heavyweights. And, and really, you, this, this is a very argumentable chart that I posted up right now on the screen. You know, um, if you guys have somebody else in mind, shoot it out there. We can always, you know, look at it and, and check it out. Um, exactly. Not everybody's got that Canelo money. But um, so the top right now that I see in the heavyweight division, obviously the king of the hill is going to be Tyson Fury. Can anybody argue about that there, Johnny? No, I think you got to put Tyson Fury up there. First of all, he has the unbeaten record. Second of all, he showed a, a great adjustment in the rematch against Wilder. Uh, not only showed his great boxing ability, but also his physicality, the way he leans on you, the way he roughhouses you now. Like, he shows a lot of different things at heavyweight that nobody has proven to do yet aside from Tyson Fury. You know, I'm still a little bit puzzled about Deontay Wilder. Um, they are said to have that rematch. He is exercising that clause in their contract about the rematch, right? So I'm not, I don't know why people are knocking him down all the way down to like five, rated five as a heavyweight. I mean, he was the, he, he was the WBC champion. He held on to it. I think he broke records with it. Power puncher. I mean, he was knocking everybody out. Just wasn't successful against Tyson Fury, who figured out the puzzle of the very awkward Bambi legs of Deontay Wilder. So for me, even though his balance is always off, and he does look for the big shot. He doesn't know how to set punches. He still doesn't know how to use a jab. In my book, Johnny, I still have him rated as number two. I don't know what else anybody else can think. But like I said, this is still a very argumentable chart. You guys can give a great uh, debate about it. But in my opinion, he's number two on, on my book. I'm going to agree with you there with our one and two. And Deontay Wilder certainly should be there. With that power... You know, and that potential at any moment in time, no matter what Tyson Fury could do in the third fight, at any point in time, could turn the lights out. Trust what we shall see, of course. Um, I'm a big Wilder fan. I think that. Oh, we know that. We know you're a big Wilder fan. He's a jab. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I, 
<laughs> you know, if he uses a jab and maybe boxes a little bit more responsibly, the problem in that second fight was that I, I think that he wasn't prepared for Tyson Fury backing him up. And we all know hmm. that Wilder doesn't look good on the back foot. And Fury, to his credit, though, was constant pressure, constant pressure on Wilder. He was relentless. I watched that fight several times. And, uh, but, you know, to, to go with Masterful. I think that at the end of the day, Wilder, a, a masterful performance. Wilder should definitely be considered at, at least in the top three. He only lost one fight, guys. Masterful performance. Right. A lot of people think that Fury beat him the first time, but officially he's only lost one. And third up on the rating on the chart is Anthony Joshua, the UK, who had a loss against an upset. And by far one of the biggest upsets, upsets uh, that's up there in history, uh, losing to Andy Ruiz in such a great fashion, the way Andy won the fight. But he was, uh, Anthony Johnson, AJ was able to redeem himself. He got the title back. He fought smart. He went in there. He outworked uh, Andy Ruiz by staying away from him. Really didn't exchange punches. But you got to still put him up there because he took all the titles back that he had lost to Andy Ruiz. So to me, he's the third guy up. Now, if you want to move AJ up to to above, above Wilder, I wouldn't argue you argue with you about that, but I was looking at the performance, the performance, the way uh, Anthony Joshua, in my opinion, didn't put him in the second slot. Johnny is this re- reason why is when Lennox Lewis lost to Rockman, Lennox Lewis came out there and took it back with a great KO fashion. He went out there for revenge. The way Andy Ruiz beat down Anthony Joshua was that he left him kind of still scared in the in, in 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 the locker room, he came out. He got he he fought smart to live another day, but to me, I found that there was still a lack a, a little lackluster of heart of wanting to gain revenge back, wanting to implicate that yo, this was an off night. I'm gonna get my titles back, and this is how I'm gonna do it. But he didn't do that. But it doesn't take him knock him down all the way down to like a five or six or seven. To me, it keeps him at a third. Fury and Wilder, Joshua, any way you want to swing them. I think Fury one, but wherever you want to put Wilder and uh, that's fine. You know, both of those guys came uh, off losses. I mean, Wilder, we see how he adapts after a loss. That's a very telling characteristic of, you know, a, a fighter like we talked about, Lennox Lewis, the Hopkins Rockman thing. What a way to come back when he knocked him out. One of the most devastating shots in heavyweight history. I mean, that was ridiculous. Um, we got to see how Wilder's back for Joshua with that release fight, man. Like, I think it's a, I'm not taking anything away from Joshua. And I do respect him. I do think he's a good fighter. But I think a lot had to do with what Ruiz did in that fight. Because if you watch, like, yeah, Ruiz did look like shit. But Joshua got hit, hit, hit quite often. And I think if we had a born shape Ruiz, maybe the result would have been different or we would have we had a more competitive fight. Could have, if of, the whole works, but truth of the matter is that Ruiz didn't show up, but Andy, but, but I'm sorry, Ruiz didn't show up, but Anthony Joshua did, and you know what, taking nothing away from Anthony Joshua, I was not a fan of the performance, but it was a smart, intelligent, well-crafted for a strategic win for him to get back those titles, so you can't knock that off. Now, fourth on my list is that obviously it's going to be Andy Ruiz. He didn't get a beatdown. He was outsmarted, outmaneuvered, 
and it could have been the weight. It could have been he wasn't disciplined. It could have been a whole lot of excuses. Fact of the matter is he didn't show up and he didn't do his job. So it could notch him down all the way down to six or seven, but I'm going to keep him at four. And the reason is, is because half speed, if he's on point and he's on the right weight, which would be 250, 260, he is a force to be reckoned with in the heavyweight division. Now, ring robin here between Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, and Tyson Fury. Out of those three, he could possibly beat, which is going to be AJ again or Deontay Wilder. Fury, to me, is always going to be that fighter that he's going to have to come in with a lackluster of interest to lose a match. Right now, he's on the king of the hill. And I think for quite some time, he's going to stay up there, Johnny. The reason being is because he likes being up there. Right now, he is the king. Well, Andy Ruiz is a handful, bro, because of that speed like you're talking about. And just, you know, the way Holyfield had spoken about him even prior to the first fight with Joshua, I'm sorry, with, uh, yeah, with Joshua, is that, um, you know, about how much difficulty Evander Holyfield had with him. When you think about that, like, Holyfield's a massive crap, and I don't care what age he was at when he started, we saw, obviously, he was advanced in age, but he gave this guy a lot of credit. And when I watched him box um, prior to the Joshua fight, Anthony Ruiz, I saw a lot of good things. I saw hand speed, combination punching, and, and accuracy. So, again, especially if you consider this at heavyweight ranks, that's a dangerous combination to have. Absolutely. You know, and then number five, I have Joshua Parker. I mean, Joseph Parker. Um, you know, I'm going to tell you why I don't have him above Andy Ruiz right now. Uh, he had a great win. Just a few months back. Great win. He, you know, he's had some medical issues, you know, but I, I kind of rated how his performance was with, between Andy Ruiz and AJ. With Andy Ruiz, he was there for the fight. Um, a lot of folks feel that he won that fight. That fight is still very debatable. It was very close, but he kept up the pace with Andy, Andy Ruiz. And really, when he decided to box and move and come in full, come forward to trade with Andy Ruiz, he was able to do it. So ring generalship there was really in control, okay? Um, some guys are going to use copy box stats. I don't use copy box stats. What I do use in my own two eyes to tell me what I'm seeing. You know, so it's still a very debatable fight, but he did get the win. But the way he fought AJ, Anthony Joshua, left a lot of questions because, you know, Parker didn't go out there and seize the moment. He allowed AJ to dictate whatever was happening that night. And every second, every minute of, of the time they spent together in the ring. So to me, um, he kind of left that hanging, so it doesn't move him up, in my opinion, but I still, I still believe that if given the chance, again, to go after AJ or even Andrew Ruiz or even a Dante Wilder, if, if Wilder can get past Fury or whatever, um, I still think he poses a major threat and has some very winnable fights uh, among the other four that we just mentioned right now. Well, the thing with Joseph Parker versus Joshua fight, too, that we got to consider is that referee, man. Hmm. didn't let him do anything, you know. Um, and good point. That, you know, um, you know, Parker showed a good look and, and was unbeaten and then the fight. You know, he almost pulled that out at the end. That was a great fight. That's an excellent contest. Um, Joseph Parker, I think, up to the abilities that he's shown that we had seen Fans know that he's potential to have. I think he could do some great things. He 
might be a wild card here, David. He might be a wild card. Hmm. Yeah, he definitely, I think he is uh, definitely a wild card. I mean, look, he's got some great names on his resume. You know, uh, Huey Fury, uh, you know, uh, Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz. I mean, you can't deny Parker's got a, a place in the top, you know, 10 in the heavyweights. Now, anybody that's tuning in, if you could tweet us or you can go and come on here in the chat, chat room, give us your, your seven best heavyweights here. You know, on number six, Luis Ortiz is my number six on the chart. And I'm going to tell you why. He got defeated, knocked out twice by Deontay Wilder, but I still think he gives a lot of these guys a lot of problems. His style being a southpaw, he's a Cuban a uh, 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 crafty, smart. His IQ in boxing is very high. You know, uh, he walked in his big shots when it came to Deontay Wilder. And who, come on, I mean, who's going to hold up to Wilder's big punch when he's on point? When he's, you know, when he lands that big shot, not every heavyweight can withstand it. Fear was able to, you know, get away with it in the second fight, in the rematch. You know, but Ortiz, to me, still is a very, very dangerous pressure guy. Uh, like I said, only two losses to Wilder, and there's no shame in that. So he is my number. He's my number six there, Johnny. You know, they always say Styles makes fights, and you know Wilder just got that that look against Ortiz that could knock him out, as we've seen twice. And in the second fight, Ortiz was very dominant, and even in the first fight, he had successes, pockets of success. Right. But you know, he got lazy in the second fight for just an instant. And again, that's this is heavyweight boxing. That's all it takes. And that's where it led to his demise. And Wilder capitalized on it. Um, I think Ortiz can recover from it. And I've certainly put him up there. And definitely, um, I'm going to say after the top three, four, five, six. And last but not least, I got Dillian White. And I think it's obvious. Dillian White has pretty much has fought everybody and has won a lot of his, a lot of his fights. You know, so there's no denying him. Uh, some folks are going to ask me, hey, how come you didn't put Usyk in there yet? Because the fact is that Usyk still hasn't really proven to me that he is a major threat threat in the, in the heavyweight division. Doesn't mean, though, it doesn't mean, though, you can't recognize what he's done in the cruiserweight, okay? And, yes, he's fought in the heavyweight division in the amateurs. You know, he did fight in the World Boxing Series, but now this is completely different. Now he's in the pro rankings, which we'll, we'll get into, Um those graphics are excellent. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Um, you know, so those are my seven. I'd like to hear your guys' seven. Um, if you guys can give me ten, that'd be great. Every time we do, we are going to do the heavyweight state of the game soon, you know, so it will be a new graphic, and everybody else that participates will put up your guys' uh, you know, suggestions at well, as well. Like I said, if this is very debatable. This is not a solid thing. These are my picks, and and. If I miss something or you think that, nope, you got it wrong, um, well, exactly. See, you have, you have uh, Dillian White as your top five. I wouldn't argue about that. You know, I would not argue about that. But what I would want to hear is why. Why do you have him as your top five? You know, so, again, this is a very debatable chart. I just wanted to throw, out, throw it out there for some, you know, uh, you know hmm. Let me think about it here in moments, okay? So, yeah, those are my seven, and I'm pretty sure Johnny's going to come up with his seven because these are mine. You can't, you can't copy mine then, Johnny. You got to come up with your own, man. I got my own, and I tell you what, this is great that we could actually have this conversation about heavyweights because for a while we couldn't even talk about heavyweights. We couldn't. Right? Kalisco was just 
taken out the entire world. I mean, you know, all due respect to Lichko, that right hand, you and your brother, awesome fighters. But, I mean, there was just no competition. You know, there was not even an American heavyweight to talk about until Deontay Wilder started knocking people out, which I'm so happy for that we have this excitement now. Um, I've got a couple honorable mentions before I go through it. We got, um, of course, Joe Joyce that, you know, I have to mention the name, although we know that how I feel about him. I think he's very slow and very plotting. Dude, if he's fighting in UK, I can see his jabs coming all the way here in Vegas, bro. Like, it's bad. Okay, so, again, no disrespect. Uh, Daniel DeWise, someone I'm high on. F.A. and John, but it's okay. And, of course, we got, you got them. You got them already on the list? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What is this here? You're, what is this? Just your rent or this your top seven or top ten? What do you got going I'm on just, I'm just ranting about honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Okay. Um, honorable mentions. That's all. Now, my top ten is very similar to yours. I got to have Fury up front. I think any logical person would. I still got Wilder right up there. I got him at number two. I think he's got more heart than Joshua. That's why I put him in front of Joshua. Um, Wilder, even though, like, he made excuses, he can take punishment. We've seen him, unfortunately, take a lot of punishment. You know, if you look at the Ortiz fight, if you look at other fights before that he was in, and then, of course, if you look at that, what he just administered with Fury – with all the excuses that he's made, he didn't want that fight stopped. That's clear. Hmm. So he's got balls. Um, Joshua, I got next. Um, now, where you put the next three, I'm going to mention, that's really up in the air. You know, um, I, I don't mind having Ruiz at four. You could also, you know, insert Billy and White's name there. You Billy can. White, I yep. question. Yeah. I, I, but I, I like the left hook. I like the power. I didn't like what I saw last time with the weight, though. Um, and I'm not going to go into steroids, but since he's been monitored heavily, his body has changed. It has changed. So we also have yeah. To, yeah. It's we night have and day. That. Right. It, it is night and we day. We have to consider that. Right. But the skills right. are there, though. That cannot be nice. I also like, you know? Absolutely. And I also like Parker right around that same fraternity. These are the next tier guys. Um, you know, other mentions we could throw in the mix is maybe Pulev. Um, obviously, you know, we talked about Parker. I, review, I regard him highly. Uh, the division is exciting right now, man. But I think the top three, obviously, are the still big names. Obviously. So, the fighters that we're going to be measuring today is Alexander Usyk versus Derek Chazor. Uh, I'm going to read off really quick uh, the records here. So, in case you guys don't even know it, here it is. Uh, uh, Usyk's got He's 17 wins. He's undefeated, 13 KOs, okay? He's 6'3". He's ranked number one by the WBO. He's ranked number four from the IBF. He's ranked two by WBC. And by the WBA, he's ranked number three, okay? Derek Chazor, 6'2". 32 wins, nine losses. I apologize, man. That's Johnny in the background, guys, if you hear all that noise. Um... 32 wins. Yeah, 32 wins, nine losses, and 23 KOs. He's been stopped out, uh, uh, you know, three times though. He has been stopped. Chazor, okay. Um, the WBO ranked him at number nine. The IBF 10, WBC 13, and the WBA 10 as well. You know, so size-wise, Johnny, I think you can't deny they're pretty equally sized up. 6'2", 6'3", for Usyk, okay? Now, 
Usyki is definitely taking this pretty seriously. Uh, he released a sparring session that he has going on. Uh, this was on off of his Twitter account, so check this out. And this is him sparring Brian Jennings. And, I mean, he's taking some vicious shots, even in sparring right now, Johnny. I mean, Shazor is no joke. He's going to come. He's a bull. He's going to come forward, and he's definitely going to, you know, uh, um, look to put damage. Definitely going to look to put damage against Usyk, okay? But I put a me- the measuring chart that I made, up, made for Usyk here on Unleave the Ring. It's on the screen. You can check it out. I'll read it off to our listeners that don't have a chance to watch the YouTube. They're listening, listening on podcasts. Again, really quick, press the like button, press the subscribe button, and make sure you hit that little bell so it can notify you. Uh, you want to call in 347-215-7598. Probably won't be taking calls right now just because for some reason, the plug-in for you guys on YouTube can hear people call in. It's not working. I apologize. I'll figure that all out. Uh, but for now, we're going to survive without taking any calls. But if you want to leave comments on the chat room there, uh, go right ahead and we'll post up your guys' uh, your guys's, uh, uh, comments here on, on the screen. Excuse me, guys. Sorry about that. Anyways, uh, okay. So for Usyk's IQ, this is like again, this is very arguable. But what I got and what I decided to do some research about him, I, I got to tell you this: I have it at ninety-two percent in his IQ, boxing IQ here, Johnny. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay, here you got a big guy, six-three, a big guy that knows when to move, how to move, when to pivot, and when to sit down in his punches. He knows when to mix it. And when not to mix it, okay? He has shown that he likes to flirt sometimes with some punches, but he also has shown that he's very smart in staying in the pocket with you while he pity pats away to find his shots. Still very smart move, okay? He's, he's really kind of a bigger version, in my opinion, of Lomachenko. Very relaxed in the ring. The ring is his home. And it really takes, you know, to me, when a guy comes fo- forward trying to press you the way like Tony Bella did. Uh, and he was able to figure out that, you know what, I'm going to have to give and take at the moment. Shows me that he's got some IQ up there and he understands his abilities and what he can do and not do in the ring. So 92% is what I gave him. Again, he's 6'3", all right? He's not the biggest heavyweight, but he's like a tweener in my opinion. He's not too small. He's not the 80s, the 70s and the 80s heavyweight but he's definitely not the millennium heavyweights, which we're seeing now as a regular of 6'5 and 6'6, 6'7, all the way up to 6'9, right? Now, he's a southpaw, which in my opinion is going to cause problems for a lot of folks. And not just because he's a southpaw 6'3, but he's a southpaw that knows how to move. And he's sneaky with his counters. And like I said, when he does sit in front of you, you know, it's really more or less two things doesn't respect what you're doing and it's because he's looking for certain shots to fit while he's kind of you know distracting you with his shots okay now 
estimate power, meaning overall power from both arms, okay, not just his left hand and not just his right hand with his jab, but overall power, I had him at 72%. The reason why I have him at 72% as in the heavyweight division is because I think he's rated more higher in the cruiserweight division. He's more been, he's shown he's more dangerous. I mean, he unified the cruiserweight division, okay? He was the champion in the, the super boxing series. So, but in the heavyweight division with uh, 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 Chaz Witherspoon, we still didn't really see how effective his power overall is. So that's the rating that I gave him, in my opinion. Uh, estimate KO power coming from his left is a 76%, and it's the same reason I just gave you right now about the overall power that I have seen it, seen from him. It's a cruiserweight, not as a heavyweight division. He's fought 132 rounds, so in the pro division, you know, so that's my chart. I've left it up there. You guys can check it out. Like I said, if I miss something, go ahead and throw it on there in the chat room. Hit me up on Twitter, whatever not. Johnny, what's your take about the first measurement of our fighter, Usyk? You know, he's got a lot, a lot of comparisons to Holyfield, you know, coming from the cruiserweight division. And, uh, you know, he's got a lot of big shoes to fill, you know, to follow in Holyfield's foot. Uh, he certainly has, you know. Uh, in terms of his boxing ability at heavyweight, he's got to box in the manner that he does because of the aforementioned size you talked about. At 6'3", 215-ish, you know, similar to Holyfield's attributes. Obviously, Holyfield wasn't a southpaw, but you've you got to learn how to not only be able to um, take a punch, but also box. You know, you got to have multifacets as a game because you eventually will be a significantly smaller man when you start taking on guys that are six foot seven, the modern day heavyweight, if you will. Um, right. He was great at cruiserweight. You know, uh, we saw the devastating knockout of Tony Ballou. That was awesome. We saw him in the World Boxing Super Series, Gassiev and Breedis, very good fighters. You know, um, outboxed them. You know, we saw him with, uh, what was it, Marco Huff. Great knockout there. So he's shown he's been able to knock people out um i think at heavy we again need to see some more the verdict is still out going to be the guy to show it and then plus also these injuries are killing him so and it's, it's disrupting his rhythm so that's why we haven't mentioned him david when we talked about the top seven because he, he can't be there yet exactly i i completely agree you can't place him somewhere by imaginary or fantasy fights it's just it just can't happen you know Absolutely. um you know and and Is Usyk the Mikey Garcia of the heavyweight division? That's a good question. Do you think he is, Johnny? I don't think so. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Because if it's if it's it's not like here. I, I would say he is a Mikey Garcia of the heavyweight division. If light heavyweight, not gaining the size, not having the size, the way like you know, like Roy Jones Jr. had no business going into the heavyweight division, um, and Reason being, he, he he was you know picking the the weakest link of the heavyweight division at the time, which was um, 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 John Ruiz. Could you imagine? Ruiz, yep. Can you imagine right now the seven listed guys that we have on that chart that we just showed in the beginning of the show? Roy Jones would he have just jumped? Would he would he have skipped the cruiserweight division and go immediately to the heavyweight division? Absolutely not. And if he did, he would be. He would be the Mikey Garcia, only taking on the big fights. I don't think Usyk is doing that because I think Usyk really believes he can make an impact at the heavyweight division. He's not a small heavyweight. 
He's a tweener in my opinion, meaning he's not too small. He's not overly big like the bigger guys, but he's right there in the middle. He's right there. And, and, and his style, to me, is going to cause a lot of problems. It's his power. Can he hold off the big guy? Could he hold off a Derek Chisora? I'm not sure. That's what makes this fight so, so interesting. Angles. You know, he's got to use those beautiful angles. You compare him to Lomachenko before. Uh, to keep a guy like Chisora off, who is someone that I think can fight at any distance, and he's got power, and he's are nuts and guts guy, dude. Even though he's lost nine fights and, you know, he's shop lord and stuff like that, a lot of people will say because of his lengthy career and all the rounds he's boxed, he's always a threat, Chisora is. And, and in my opinion, Usek will get hit in this fight. So we have to see how he takes the meat hooks from a big man like this. Because Chisora, usually what, David, is around 260? Yeah. Big Even guy. Chisora, you know what? That's a big dude. And he's got very moderate speed, as you just saw right now in sparring sessions. Yeah. You know, um, his yeah. reflexes are not really – I wouldn't say they're completely shot because the guy's been in wars. He responds after you let your hands go, okay? And so let's go into the IQ of Derek Cesaro. I have him listed at 73 percentage, and I'll tell you guys why. So Zora's not a guy that's going to figure you out. He's a workhorse. He's a guy that's going to come forward. He's a guy that's going to bang with you. He's a guy that wants to take your goddamn head off, right, Johnny? You know, he's, he's not looking to look beautiful in there. He's not looking to show you art. He's not, look, he's not trying to be Lomachenko or Pernell Whitaker. What he is trying to do is bring out the axe and chop wood. So 73%, it's not bad. I'm not saying he's a dumb fighter. He's a smart guy. He knows how to put combinations when you're in on close, and but he's willing to go through the fire. But does he know how to cut off the ring, Johnny? Does he know how to adjust to, to a guy that's going to just purely box him and use the ring the way Usyk might do? I'm not, quite, I'm not quite sure he can do something like that. Well, I mean, his career. And anytime he's fought A-level guys, like, you know, he lost Gillian White twice, Pula, Fury twice, Hey, Kalichko in Italy, right? He, he, he didn't win. He didn't succeed. The only big wins he had was against, like, the B side, the B side of the heavyweight division. Right. Like, the prices of the top, almost the comms, you know? Um, I think that's very telling. Even though Styles makes fights, I think that, you know, if you look at the resume, um, I think he's a perfect guy right now for Hoopsec to come in and show that, that to the heavyweight world and ranking that Usyk belongs in the same sentences and names as a Dillian White, a, Pul- a Fury, I'm here now. Um, Chisora's best shot, you know this, right? I'm not trying to sound all mighty and wild here, but the popular consensus, I think, would be that he's going to get outboxed. He's got to land something big and get respect from Usyk to make Usyk just kind of pump the brakes on coming after him. You know, in a lot of ways, he's got to be Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. Uh, when Julio faced uh, Meldrick Taylor. You know, uh, Taylor is going to be Usyk, yeah. his style. You know, and, and I think you're absolutely right. Now, speaking of small heavyweights, he is only 6'1". You know, and I think that that even though he's 6'1", he's a ball of muscle. Um, you know, he's he's a very stock guy. He's going to come forward, like I said, you, you know, um, and he's going to use what, what, what he really brings to the table. And those, that's those shorter arms. 
landing a big, you know, landing big hurt punches and, and, and trying to hopefully, I think what they're hoping is that Usyk's going to stand in front of him a bit too long. You know, uh, what we say in the, in, in the boxing community, wait for the receipt. I think that's what he's hoping for and he's going to want. And like you said, uh, Usyk will do that at times if he feels comfortable enough to absorb the punishment that you're trying to inflict on him. Okay. Now, chin and body wise is 78%, but, but I'm going to tell you why it's at 78%. He's been hit by some real big heavyweight guys here, Johnny, you know? So that doesn't mean that Usyk is going to be, be able to knock out Sejora. That, that, that's like, to me that I don't even see that happening. I don't know if I could predict that happening between uh, Usyk and, and Sejora at this moment because we don't know if he carries that heavyweight punch. We know he's got it to cruiserweight division, which is the max limit of 200, but can he do it to bigger guys, meteor guys? I don't know. I, I don't know that. So, so that 78% of chin and body would be up against to me, that percentage would fit perfect if he was facing a Deontay Wilder or Luis Ortiz or Andy Ruiz or, you know, or whatnot, right? But against Usyk right now, I don't think that's a bad thing, having 70, yeah, 78% chin and durability and body durability, okay? Now, power, estimated power, and this is, again, overall body, both arms and the pressure is 66%, and because he's 6'1", guys, and again, this doesn't pertain to Usyk because Usyk is a, you know, 6'3". He's not that kind of guy that's going to lean on you. You're not going to see him do Tyson Fury to Deontay Wilder style. You're going to see more of a feather foot fighter using the ring and using those advantages of being elusive against a bull like Shazora. Now, estimate KO power is 56.1 percentage. And again, this is him facing bigger guys, okay? And he's been successful with, with that there, uh, facing these, these bigger guys, you know? Um, uh, and the rounds, he's, he's won that department, 256 rounds, and he's an orthodox in the ring. Johnny, did I leave anything out? No, you didn't. I mean, he does have a good proven shit. I mean, he survived against Vitaly Kalichko, 12 rounds, who is one of the most murderous punches uh, has one of the most murderous punches at heavyweight ranks we've ever seen. And, you know, for Usek to take him out would be tough. I think that's just so good new game plan-wise, David, is for him to not allow Usek to get into a rhythm. You saw all that footage, that sparring session that we saw there? That type of fight just so hard needs to do in my opinion. Absolutely. But again, yeah. again, it's, <laughs> is Usek going to be willing to tangle in that type of style. That's, that's the question, you know, and, and here's the thing. What we saw in sparring was Brian Jennings leaning on him. Do you really think Usyk's going to do something like that? I'm not sure if he can. I'm not sure if he will. I'm not sure if he wants to test himself. I don't know. Usyk is a crazy guy, man. I mean, he's a character in the ring and out of the ring. So I take that back. I think there's a strong possibility he may go, yeah, fuck it. Let, let's see what... Let me answer everybody's questions. <laughs> the element of surprise. The element of surprise. The element of surprise. 
But I tell you what, though, when you're in on a guy that's 260 and you're trying to lean and out-physical him, that's kind of tough. And um, I, maybe that's something he tries late in the fight to look even more impressive after he attempts to outbox him. We shall see. But Chisora is a big boy. Dude. You mentioned 6'1", 260, stocky, strong. Ooh, I wouldn't want to get in there. <laughs> No, I wouldn't want it either, you know, especially fighting over for a hot dog or something like that. I'll say, hey, take it, buddy. It's all yours. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Again, guys, uh, be sure to press the like button and subscribe and uh, make sure you hit that little bell so we notify you when we go on live here on Leave It In The Ring. Again, this is uh, Measuring The Fighters, Usyk and Shizora. Uh, if you missed part of the show, don't worry about it. You can catch it. We put up the charts. Uh, okay. Let's give in. Let's get into our predictions here. Okay, who we think is going to win this this matchup between um, Usyk and Suzora? Johnny, I'll let you go. First. I think Usyk's going to outbox him and join the ranks of the people that I mentioned that had beaten Suzora. But I think it's going to be a very good fight. We're going to see some things. We're obviously going to see Usyk take a big heavyweight punch, which we are unaware of how he, you know, handles that. I'm sure he's done significant but we haven't seen it in professional ranks against a guy that you had mentioned before has boxed 256 rounds that was you said that's a lot of rounds a lot of rounds Chisora is going to definitely make Usek work and, and to get a win and uh, set Usek on his pathway to try to you know follow in those like I said those footsteps of the great Evander Holyfield who made that transition and took over the heavyweight division well 256 rounds can go up against him as well you know, it's a lot of ring where, uh, you know, it could work for him or it could work against him. You know, um, he could be definitely heavy at the legs. Six one, he is a big guy, you know, and he does carry that weight fairly well. But he's not as mobile. He's not. He may not be that quick to catch Usyk with his feet, you know. So, really, it's a, he needs to rely on his shoulders and cutting off that ring, moving side to side. You know, making it feel, making his presence known in that ring, making him make Usyk feel that you know he's gonna get cornered, and making Usyk back up, and that's how you catch him. If you can make Usyk back up, continue to back up, and trap himself in that in the ring, then what we saw in that sparring against Brian Jennings, he may be able to do against Usyk. But you know, it's to me, it's it's. Shizora has got to do it here. He's had a, not just in training camp letting his hands go, but in training camp and doing, you know, uh, suicides, quick suicides, up and down, up and down, up and down, getting that explosiveness in his, in his legs so there could be a spring to really set the pace against Usyk, you know, to really give him that element of surprise because I think Usyk and everybody else is expecting Shizora just to come forward, come forward. And wait for his moment. And sometimes, and we've seen this in boxing, guys, you just can't wait for your moments. you got to seize the moment. So I'm not quite sure Cesaro's got that in him. 256 rounds could work against him, meaning age has finally caught up. He's not an old guy, but in dog years, in that much time in the ring, it catches up to you. So I'm going to go with Usyk by unanimous decision here, Johnny. I'm going to agree with you, and you made some great points. I'm just going to add a little bit to it. Is that if you're fighting a pure boxer like Usyk is a good box, it, you got to go or take what you, while your energy is 
And even if you can't hit him in the face and hit him to the, you know, body, you got to go for the elbows. You got to hit the forearms. You hit on anything you can to make this man not get into a rhythm. Because Chisora's job, in my opinion, is to offset rhythm. Because once this guy, he's a rhythm fighter, Usek, he's a very good boxer. He's fundamentally sound. They went to every fight with a strategy, game plan. So I think it, you got to disrupt that, that early. If you don't, then they're going to have their way with you. Definitely going to have their way. So I think we're all in agreement here that it would be Usyk that's going to be the guy with his hand lifted up, up and high in victory uh, between between himself and Derek Cesora. No disrespect to Derek Cesora. We always root for the underdog. We always want the underdog to create the upset. But, but right now, uh, match-wise and being that there's big high hopes that Usa can really disrupt the top five in the heavyweight division. Um, I'm half the lean with Usyk. I think that Derek Chisora is a good test. Uh, it's not a hot test. It's not the, the, the overall talent is completely where Usyk's going to be, but I think it, it gets us close, close to where we're going to put Usyk at in terms of ratings in the top 10 heavyweights. Okay. Now, if Usyk gets past, which we all believe he, he's going to get past uh, Derek Cesar and could possibly be a very tough fight if Usyk decides to stand and wait for the receipt, or this could be an easy night, meaning that Derek Cesar is searching, looking, playing hide-and-seek around the ring, looking for Usyk. But it looks like I think Usyk's going to take it. So gets past him. Here are some of the names here for Usyk to fight after Okay, now, again, these are all argumentable names. You know, these are not solid. In my opinion, they're not solid, but these are names that I was going, if I was a matchmaker for Usyk, if I was a matchmaker here, Johnny, these are the guys that I would pick Usyk right now because look, in, in, in not just in the heavyweight division, but in box, boxing overall, there's always been a hurry and come up. Not saying that Usyk has been on a hurry come come up. I mean, he's the unified cruiserweight champion of the world that decided to leave his mountaintop to start feasting off another bigger bigger mountain okay but if I'm on his team these are the list of guys right now that I would have for him ready Manuel Char who is the WBA regular champion um, who's 6'4 hasn't fought in three years okay he's been stopped three times and 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 He's been stopped by Povekian, Brevis, uh, uh, you know, uh, Dillian White. Here's a guy who's on, maybe on a major layoff and maybe, maybe never return. I'm not sure, you know, but if, if I was Usyk's team, I would be like, okay, hey, let's go for that guy. Because he does have a so-called title, you know, uh, one of these tricklet belts that I can grab a hold of. And it now makes my negotiating a little bit stronger when it starts when it comes time to start negotiating with the guys that do have the titles like AJ and and Tyson Fury for me I like Joseph Parker if he gets past you know his assignment coming up for Usek against hmm. uh, Chisora I think Parker would be a great display of some significant skills at heavyweight boxing I think so, too. I have him at number five, the fifth guy, which would be on the list, okay? And again, these are five guys 
that that could be thrown out there, and hopefully he can grab one of them. Okay, that that I would hope that he faces next, or if his team are looking at, you know. Um, so I'll go down the second one name really quick, but. Joseph Parker is on that list because I think that is the highest bar for him, but I don't think that would be an immediate, you know, let's run towards Joseph Parker for Usyk's team. I'm not saying same for Usyk, but for his team, his management, his matchmaking, his manager, definitely. I don't think that is the guy, the top five list, you know, if anything in boxing like Canelo to triple G to anybody that right now is on the A side and you got to admit, Usyk at the moment is the A-side. There's always going to be a list of names brought to you so that you can whether go through with your team, read off, understand what they bring to the table, and what, what advantages you, you have over them to make that fight. So Manuel Char is one of them that I think that he could definitely beat, but he's got a trickling bout that he can grab a hold of and have some negotiating power. Second one is here, height is something that I do want to see, and I think his team need to see how well does he move and fight up against a tall, big, you know, ex-heavyweight like Charles Martin, who's a southpaw as well here, Johnny. Makes it a very interesting and possibly even a dangerous fight, but it sets the bar, and we can really gauge where he's at. If he was to, to beat uh, Charles Martin, who's 6'5", okay, 28 wins, two losses. He's only lost two. Adam Kozlowski and, 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 to, and to Anthony Joshua. Got a good ez- resume, okay? Had a great win over uh, Gerald Washington um, just a, a month back on the undercard of, of Wilder and Fury, okay? Now, he was in line to face the winner of Fury and, and, and Tyson, but let's be honest, he's going to get some, you know, step aside money. So he's going to need a dance partner. And for me, Usyk, if he gets, if he gets past Tezora, that's a good name. That's a really good name of fighting a guy who now has been under the Tulip Manny Robles and seems to fight a bit more aggressive and he's a tall guy, not a small guy. He's now breaking into the six five, six six. I'd like to see what Usi looks up against something like that. Absolutely. I guess the Southpaw too would be an interesting look because we rarely get to see that shelf in boxing in general. And plus, Martin comes in in almost a desperate position. Like, yeah, it's only two losses. Boxing media is only critical of losses. And two is not that many, especially when you lose to great opposition. Like Martin has. He lost to good opposition. But the thing is, he's going to come in desperate, and he's got a name in front of him that with the win, then it's going to be life-changing money moving forward if he could get past Usyk and change his career. Call me crazy, but a Charles, Mar- Charles Martin, to me, would be a very, very good test. Not like a Joseph Parker test, but a test, though, because, like you just mentioned, Martin is looking to get himself back. I mean, look, Martin held the title for a very short period of time. Martin was made as a, as a bottle of jokes for a lot of fight fans, okay? Nobody took him serious. Was that the shortest in history, David? I believe it was. was I, that the shortest I think it was. I think yeah, it was. Uh, don't quote me on it, but I think it was even shorter than Buster Douglas. Okay, now, I think so too. When he won the title, it was almost like I'm holding it for you, AJ, type of deal. With his comeback fights, and he's came back what? Uh, I mean, he's lost. He's won. Uh, after he lost, he's won three fights, and he's won them in really good fashion, to, t- to tell you the truth. You know, the, IBA, the IBF has him ranked at number, one, at number two. Okay, so he is in line 
for an Usyk if they were to say, hey, let's make this happen. It's not like it, they, that the IBF wouldn't, wouldn't sign off on that because it would make a good fight. And it would be, in my opinion, um, I think it puts Usyk on the map, map of take notice of me because now I'm fighting. Now I'm starting to step up into the bigger giants. Guys are bigger than me. Usyk is 6'3". It's a two-inch height difference, but like I said, Usyk to me is the in-between. He's a tweener. You know, he's not too small. He's not too big. Where Charles Martin is a big guy, 6'5". So to me, that makes a lot of sense. If no manual, uh, no trinket bout is on the line, you fight an ex-champion who did hold the title and really honestly has lost to some pretty good names. Yeah, I agree. I think it would be an interesting matchup because of the Southpaw look. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, he's got a good resume. I was actually just going through it right now while I was listening to you talk. And, you know, I think it would be an interesting matchup. It definitely would be an interesting matchup. Uh, my third on the list is the guy that fought, Dillian White. Um, he lost to a unanimous decision, which is Oscar Rivas. He's six foot. He's a smaller, smaller, smaller heavyweight. He's more in the categories of a Holyfield heavyweight where everybody was in comparison to Usyk uh, when he decided to step out of the cruiserweight and join the heavyweight pool of sharks. He's only six foot. He's out of Canada, and he's ranked uh, by the WC number three. So, again, that is a very uh, likable fight that could happen for him. He's got 26 wins, one loss, 18 KOs, and that loss comes to a unanimous decision to Dillian White. So, I like that match, but it's not the one that I would run forward to. But if I was his matchmaker, that would be a match that I would put him up against after a Derek Sejora. If if there's not too much of a war happening, and I don't expect that. What are your thoughts about Oscar Rivas? You know, I was very impressed when he knocked out Brian Jennings in the 12th. Now, that was uh, definitely a statement in the heavyweight division. And then, you know, we saw him against Dillian White, not, you know, look good in his next fight. Um, Styles makes fights, though. Right. We got to see how Usek looks at heavyweight. Uh, Rebeth is a very good boxer, and I knew that he should be in conversation because if you're not going to go, let's be real, we're not going after Tyson Fury if you're Usek right now. We're not going after even, you know, uh, rather um, – Deontay Wilder right now. We're not going to go after these big guys, the Anthony Joshua's of the world. So these are the I don't know though. Fighters, these level fighters are the ones you should be seeking after. I don't know though because a lot of the European fighters, especially like Lomachenko and and, and whatnot, uh, you know, uh, uh, what was the name of the kid, um, King Tug? Um, I mean, these guys are that ballsy. Usyk is that to me is that that guy. He's that one dude that tells you, hey, wait. Shit, hold my beer. I'll be back. That's who Usyk reminds me of. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. But, again, to me to be successful is you slowly, slowly start hiking up the hill. You don't start sprinting up the hill because you don't know what you're going to come up against on the trail. Okay? You don't know if there's going to be some potholes. You don't know if, 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 you know, you know, if you're going to have all the gas in the tank. So I go back with Usyk. If I was in Usyk's team, I would look at Oscar Rivas as a guy that could, you know, really honestly just give you rounds. You know, maybe not give you that test of how well will you do a fair against the bigger guys, but definitely would give you those rounds, okay? And also, like I said, uh, Rivas lost to Dillian White. 
Now, if I'm looking, if I'm Moose 16 and I'm looking to, to see, hey, well, we need a statement. And Dylan White is the top, one of the top four, five, the five, four, three heavyweights in the division right now, beating Carlos Rivas in a much better, more convincing fashion leads us closer to that, to that road that we're hoping to be on. So that's why I hit Carlos uh, and put him on the list because of that reason. Again, anybody, you guys can throw a name. We could definitely discuss it here on Leaving the Ring. Throw it in the chat here so that we can talk about it. But I'm going to move on to my fourth guy that I would pick if I was on Usyk's team. And that's Michael Hunter, who he beat. Usyk beat on HBO already. But Michael Hunter, like Usyk, decided to leave the cruiserweight division and decided to start trending in the heavyweight division. Now, Michael Hunter really hasn't done a whole lot in the heavyweight division. He was hoping to get... You know, when the calling came for, uh, when Baby Biller was caught with the whole pharmacy in his blood system, uh, his name was on one of those lists there of possibly facing Anthony Joshua. He didn't get the call. It was Andy Ruiz. So Michael Hunter is a hungry, hungry fighter right now. He does want to make a statement. He is a USA fighter. His record is 18 wins, one loss, and comes from He does have a draw. He's got 12 knockouts, okay? Uh, and his draw is to Povekian, which is Another recognizable name. So you know that Michael Hunter is still very game. In the rankings, he's pretty much everywhere. WBO's got him ranked number seven. The IBF's number, he's number seven. WWBC, he's ranked number 11. And the WEA, he's ranked number nine. Okay, so these are suitable, a suitable fight for him for a rematch. And it has a backstory. Right, Johnny? I mean, every boxing match needs a great backstory. And this one definitely does have a great backstory because Michael Hunter obviously wants to redeem himself against uh, Usyk and hopefully get the win this time around if they were to meet. Now, he's only 6'2". I go back again. Not a very big heavyweight, but if you want to keep Usyk busy and keep him there and building rounds, because right now he's got 100 and what, 32 rounds. In the cruiserweight division, a few of them come with him with the heavyweight division. Subtract what? 12 rounds out of that. You know, uh, don't make me do my math right here, right now. But he needs more rounds. He needs another 100 rounds in that heavyweight division, in my opinion, to really start finding home, really find his, his more of his rhythm, be more comfortable with bigger mass guys coming forward and cutting off that ring. So that's my pick would be Michael Hunter. You look at what he's done at heavyweight, man. In seven fights, he's knocked out four guys, and he took a draw against Alexander Povetkin, one of the considered, you know, if you have a top ten list in heavyweight over the past at least year or two years, Povetkin's got to be in that list or very where, very near that list, right? So you got to give him props there. It seems like he's filled into his body. Um, you know, at his last fight it looked like he was about 230 pounds. So, you know, he's getting into the big game. And I think he definitely possesses somewhat of a threat. And the interesting thing is, like you said, they actually fought already. And now at a different weight class, maybe, like, dude, that wasn't my weight class. This is. I'm a bigger puncher at this weight class. Um, you see what we get. And then finally, like you mentioned, Joseph Parker, who makes all complete sense if you're going to go and make a bang now because fighting Chaz Witherspoon – Derek Chisora is a good step up. It's a good name to step in and start really 
you know, catching the attention of the other heavyweights if he dominates them and possibly even stops them. I think that's a big thing for, you know, Usyk and them. Uh, but with the health issues, I find that hard to believe. But, again, if you want to catch the heavyweight division and you want to make it into that top five, not top ten, but start trickling it at the top five, Johnny, it will, you would have to face a Joseph Parker. Undeniably, I wouldn't doubt it that Usyk and his team would pick that name. Who wouldn't want to fight uh, Joseph Parker to find out whether or not you're the goods? And Joseph Parker, to me, would be the guy to say, hey, yeah, let's, let's make this happen. Let's make this dance worth it. And let's really find out that if you're more of a king in the cruiserweight division than in the heavyweight division. Break it down to me, man. If that, why that fight is so juicy? Why am I my, my mouth watering for that fight, particularly out of the five guys on that list that I just mentioned? I think the credibility of Joseph Parker's name, if you know the resume and studied the career and seen him against Joshua, not to make excuses for Parker, but like I mentioned before, that referee was cool. Dillian White fight, that was an excellent fight. It was very competitive. Parker pulled it out of the end. And you know, since then, he's won three in a row by KO. He's trying to be a little bit more of a brawler. And I like that look against Usek because we get to see good boxing skill and someone that's out there trying to brawl and someone that's out there trying to fight and make a statement. And let's face facts, guys. Joseph Parker's life, rather career, was folks literally had two losses in a row, albeit against very high-level opposition to what, what big names. But three, you know, two losses in a row, you gotta make, you gotta get a win. You know, the gotta get a win. Stacked against you. You gotta get a win. You gotta get a win to stay relevant. And he did just that. He's looked a little dicey in areas. You know, face. He's not taking on world beaters. You know, in Flores and Leopold, Winters and stuff like that. Um, but he's getting the job done. And I think for each second would be a good challenge. And we would see a very high-level boxing match against two supreme competitors. He had 27 wins, two losses, and 21 knockouts. He's 6'4", 28 years old, Joseph Parker. Still very young uh, for a heavyweight. Um, but you know, ranking-wise, he's up there. WBO's got him at number two, IBF number nine, WBC seven. WBA doesn't have him in the sanctioning body. But uh, there is no argument right now for anybody, I don't think, for – Joseph Parker to be one of the top top ten and possibly even creeping into the top five in the heavyweight division on somebody's list. I think if he fights up to the potential that we've seen Joseph Parker, you know, show that he's be capable of, he just has to do it. And again, there's that big asterisk because go and watch that Joshua fight guy, and I like Anthony Joshua a lot. That referee horrible in that fight. Every single time they started to try to do anything, that referee came in and said, nah, I can't do anything. Got to go back and watch that again. Uh, quick question here from the comic box here from HC Lamas. Uh, do you favor Usyk against anyone in the top seven? Johnny? Anyone in the top seven, uh, please, I can see him, you know, having good success with, but having to be a good fight. Dillian uh, White, obviously, uh, would be also a good one. I just don't think he's ready for the top three yet, but like David had said, though, that he might be willing and his team might be willing because they've shown aggression in the past to make matches happen early. You know, I would favor him a slight favor after Cesaro if he gets past Cesaro, which, like I said, I think what's all of our thoughts is he's going to get past Cesaro, okay? 
against Andy Ruiz, uh, against uh, Joseph Parker, uh, even a Deontay Wilder. Uh, and I'm going to tell you why. Because his style does pose a lot of problems. Being a southpaw, uh, his IQ in the ring is, is really up there, okay? Um, he can adjust. He can stand in front of you. He can trade with you a short bit. Um, and he can move. But it's his chin that I still question. How well can he take a punch from a big guy? You know, and I think Joseph Parker, to me, um, is a good, decent, strong puncher. But what makes the fight with Joseph Parker very interesting here, guys, is the fact that Joseph Parker can box. He's got a good jab. When he establishes his jab, it's really hard to close that distance. And Usyk sometimes needs that in-and-out style to make it work for him. What happens if he can't close that distance and get away with the punches he likes to do with those pity pats uh, against a Joseph Parker? The other thing is, too, is that what we saw with Joseph Parker in his last fight with uh, Sauer is that he can be aggressive. And he's starting to show that he's being, he can get aggressive. Um, I think he feels like because he didn't step on the gas, he couldn't get those wins against, like, Anthony Joshua. You know, so I think that the mentality that Joseph Parker is showing us right now that he's aware of his shortcomings. And he's trying to fix that. He's trying to, you know, repair that so when he gets back in, he can do things the way, what, you know, not leave it in the hands of judges, not leave it in the hands of the ref. Um, that, to me, is a standout fight for me. I would love for that fight to happen. And Ruiz, until we see him come back and see whether or not he's serious, that would be a great fight. If I was Usyk's team, I wouldn't go after him immediately because that may up Andy Ruiz to be for the fight. We see Andy going in the gym right now, you know, being serious. But I would seriously wait for Andy not to be too serious. I mean, remember this, guys. Boxing is about strategy. Boxing is about, you know, uh, picking the right opponents, opponents at the moment. Matchmaking is everything in boxing. Not always do they want it to be equal straight across the board. That's not really the way it goes. It's a rare, rare moment where we get fighters that have everything across the board equal. I like that Parker's trying to course correct himself and, and change things. For better or for worse, I like when people try to change mistakes they've made. You know, regardless of a, if it was a bad referee, what happened in, you know, other fights and other situations. Andy Ruiz, is my point, needs to do the same thing. He needs to make good on what happened last time. Because, you know, I, I do appreciate the fact that Joshua, after he lost to Ruiz, to my knowledge, the excuses, you know, of course, for a while, there were make tons of excuses. And then Ruiz was like, well, you know, I just didn't train. And I'm going to fire this guy and that guy and everything like that. I don't think that was the right way to go publicly. I think the right way to go publicly is do what Parker's doing. Stay cool, calculate it, just go back to the drawing board. You know what's – as a fighter or a person, whenever we make mistakes in life – you know internally what you did to fix it. It's up to you to fix it. And I, I want to see Ruiz do the same thing hmm. um, as we're seeing Joseph Parker try his best. You know, honorable mentions for Usyk, if he was not to pick any of the names that we just mentioned right now and he goes a different route, his team decided to go a different route, meaning that, you know, we're still going to be filling out the rounds. If he is in a tough, tough fight, war with Cesaro, if Cesaro brings it, is able to cut off that ring and make it a tough, tough night, for Usyk, I wouldn't be surprised if you see the names of Dominic Brazil, 
Gerald Washington, and even Carlos Takan to step in and be that next opponent opponent for Usyk if he gets if he's able to be unscathed against if he is scathed from Shizora. So those are three names. Now, three names up I just put up up here on the screen is uh, Tyson Fury, Daniel Dubois, and Ifre, Ifre, what is it? Ifre, Ifre, Ifre uh, Ajaba. Efe Ajaba. Those are three names. Now, the three names that he should avoid. But wait, before you jump down my neck and, and, and start going, what? What the hell? I'm going to give you the reason why. Tyson Fury, no reason for him to fight this year. Okay? Tyson Fury is booked with Deontay Wilder. Also, too, you haven't even tested yourself against a big, tall guy that's going to come forward and put some pressure. That's why I'd rather see him kind of work up the ladder before he decides to step in with a Tyson Fury. I'd rather wait for that to happen in uh, 2021. Now, uh, Dubois is a destroyer. Okay, still a prospect, dangerous. There is no reward facing this kid right now. There is no reward. And the fight wouldn't even be, well, it'd be huge for us. It'd be a beautiful Christmas gift for us as fight fans, boxing ghouls. But really for him, what does it do for, for it doesn't move him up the bar. And now, lastly. No, it doesn't. Well, no, go ahead. Put your final stop there. You look at Daniel Dubai at 14-0, 13 KOs. I knew this kid was special when I saw him. And I, this is one thing I like about the app, you know, everything that's going on nowadays, when you actually get to see, you know, the entire card. He took, I took notice to him early. I'm like, this kid's special. You, could, you know special when you see a Dave. You've been around boxing a long time. And especially when you see a heavyweight box and also have that power. When he faces Joe Joyce, and again, don't just – Joe Joyce. Joe Joyce is very plotting. He's very slow. I think we're going to see a reverse by that. And I think it would be for Usyk to get in there with this kid, you know, at this point in time. Um, unless he wants to try to pick on him early because, you know, Dubois is only 22 years old, but he's a dangerous kid. You know, and guys that are in heavyweights don't peak until they're 30. And the only person, well, you know, there's a few guys that at the heavyweight division that, that carried a punch at young age, but Mike Tyson's the first one to come in mind. So Dubois, to see them, that he has this power, you know, um, this aura of, of, of fear surrounding him, it's something else. It's something else. And that's why I say Usyk and them should just stay clear away from him at the moment. There's really no reason. I mean, I'm pretty sure Usyk, like I said, Usyk would be that guy in the standout crowd that has that face that he would eat you alive. But Dubois carries the punch that eats eats you alive, you know. So that's why I say Tyson, Dubois, there's no reason for him to face each other. It makes no sense at the moment. And then uh, uh, Ajaba is also another prospect. He's 6'5", 24 years old, 13 wins with 11 KOs from Nigeria, and he's uh, ranked from the WBC number 14. I don't see that happening because I don't think the PBC would want that to happen at that moment. They're trying to build themselves uh, another heavyweight. They're trying to build themselves another Deontay Wilder. And the way they're moving him, he's had some shaky moments, you know. Um, but that fight wouldn't make any sense either for Usyk because of the fact is what does it do for him, Johnny? Fighting a tall guy like that, a prospect in that manner from PBC, what exactly does it do for him? If you're going to 
take an L at heavyweight ranks, you take an L against a guy you can make millions with. You take an L against a guy that has a big name. These guys don't have big names yet, and it's very risky. You don't want to damage yourself and make your money funny, especially now because all our money is going to be funny. So what we want to do is uh, if you're, you know, Team Usek, if you're going to take a risk at heavyweight, you go after the big names. You don't, go, you don't play around with these young kids coming up. No, you definitely don't. You definitely don't. And those three names are uh, that I think that he shouldn't even just in, entertain at the moment. I know fight fans, we want, you know, you guys to fight immediately. Um, see, I mean, we could. We could all kind of cram it in in one month. Um, would be nice because the fact that we're not having any fights happening, um, which is a big effect for us as fight fans and for the industry as well. Uh, but, yep, those are the three names that I say, no, leave it alone, leave it alone, leave it alone. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to be uh, working on some other shows here since everybody's in quarantine. It looks like a lot of business is shutting down. Again, be safe with everything. Make sure you wash your hands. Do the fist pump. Do the pageant wave the way – oh, let me do this hand the way Johnny likes to do it as well. Hey, uh, here. Here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't trying to get near anyone right now. No. no offense, y'all. I'm just trying to get you up. You can always reach us at you Leaving the Ring. Over, you know, I'm from Jersey. I'm all about the fist bump, but now I'm just like, hey. <laughs> the standoff wave. Do the standoff wave, you know. Uh, again, uh, yeah. Again, you can always reach us at leavingaringgmail.com. You can always us on our on our social media, which is uh, you know, Twitter, um, Facebook. Uh, it's up on there. Johnny's is up on his. This is uh, Johnny. What is it? Johnny Boxing Music John. Um, you can find. Uh, in, Boxing Music John, yes. And, and John. John I got a couple of shows I'm going to be doing soon, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. He also is the host of, he's also the host of Fuck It, Let's Talk Fights here on the Leaving Marine Network. Uh, don't forget Fist Evan and Rakowski from Fistonados, as well as Kurt from Boxing Esquire, who is a lawyer. 30 years plus in the business, in the industry, as a manager and a, as a counsel as well in the boxing industry. And then myself here, Dave Duenas, with my co-hosts Amilcar and Kenny, who we couldn't get, they couldn't do it today. Couldn't make it, unfortunately. So our regular scheduled program, which is at 5 p.m. Pacific time and 8 p.m. Eastern time, didn't happen because the quarantine thing happened over there in New York. Uh, we haven't had a chance to check out Johnny, man. Johnny does great stuff, man. Movies, uh, uh, you know, talks music. Um, just released an album, right, Johnny? Yeah, I did with my band here after. It's on iTunes. Thank you for the plug, David. You know, it's pretty much like an old school rock opera. You know, it's pretty intense. Uh, other things lined up I'm doing. Uh, as far as my show is concerned, I'm going to, speaking of music, I'm going to have some guests on in the music industry and stuff like that. And uh, we're just going to do some fillers. I don't want to give too much away. I got some great things lined up, some interviews uh, with also boxers and whatnot. And uh, we're just going to try to stay distracted through this, guys. And, and David, this was excellent. Thank you for having me on because we're all bugging out and this is a way to escape life. So, folks, go back and watch old school fights or albums that you like, music and things that just make you happy and stay positive and, and be nice to each other because things are crazy out there. And not to sound like a hippie over here, over here now, but, you know, my thing is we should all do things we enjoy and embrace each moment. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, stay safe. Keep your family safe. If you don't take it as serious, if you think this is getting blown out of portion, you know what, that's your prerogative. But at the same time, you know, um, you don't want to be that guy <laughs> to catch it. Because, like I said, you can also. You don't want to be that guy. Dude, 
right? You know, because you can also carry it. Yeah, yeah. You can also Absolutely. carry it and, and, and pass it on to your whole household. And, uh, you know, because you decided to go and shake hands or, you know, and touch everything the way that one basketball player from uh, Utah Jazz did there. And, you know, even though it was only him and another person that they catch it out of 100 uh, people, uh, it's still, you know, you become that guy. There goes that dick, the guy who gave it to, you know, gave me the, gave me the crabs, right? You don't want to be that guy, you know. But again, I don't want to be that guy right now. <laughs> I know I don't want to be that guy. You know, I definitely no, do not man. want to be that guy. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, again, we're going to be doing the the state of the heavyweights. We're also going to do the state of the middleweights, uh, the welterweights as well. Um, and the lightweights, those are all going to shows, shows that we are going to be doing here on Leave the Ring, as well as bringing back some old segments I used to do here on Leave the Ring. So if you did miss the show, don't worry about it because it will replay. Um, it will be up. Uh, if you missed it on podcast, don't worry about it because it will come back up on iTunes. Uh, uh, what are we, we're on um, uh, Audio Boom, um, um, Stitcher. Podbean. I mean, we're on every single platform, okay? iHeart, you know, Everywhere. yeah, there's no way you cannot <laughs> miss the show, okay? And as, again, please uh, help us out here. Press the like button, hit the subscribe, and hit that little bell there so that it, we can jab you when we go live here on Leave and Ring. If you haven't had a chance to check out the other uh, YouTube channels here on, on the YouTube community, check them out. D-Style, Blood, uh, um, the the what is it uh, ringside reporter all great shows man you got to check them out as well as other podcasts yep. you know shout out the podcasts yep. here really quick johnny and which ones uh we should uh tune into cheap seats boxing billy c d uh you know state of combat uh, uh box out podcast there you go Big ups to all you guys you love your work yep Yep, and don't forget as well, uh, you can also catch up with uh, Three Knockdown Rules uh, with Steve Kim and Mario Lopez, another very good show, um, you know. But again, don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe button, and press that bell for notifications. Uh, until next time, fellas, you all be safe and have a great, great night. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas Caballeros. <laughs>